Hey everybody, we are in Nairobi, Kenya, and we are standing in front of what is called the Kibera Slums. Uh, the Kibera Slums, as they call it, is, is literally one of the largest and worst slums in all of the world. Uh, the people live here in unbelievable circumstances. The poverty is nothing like I have ever, ever seen in my life. Uh, as a matter of fact, we had the opportunity this week to go into the slums, and, and I think we're one of the first camera crews to ever go that deep into the slums, and we hope to show you some of that footage over the next several weeks. Uh, but this place is extensive. There's about a million people that live here. Uh, it stretches for miles in both directions and about a mile deep, and uh, people just live literally on top of each other. Uh, sewage runs through the, the streets, like there are no real streets except for the main business district. Uh, but the, but people walk literally on top of the sewage system and, and it's all just filled with garbage. And, and most of the people here live in conditions that you and I could never even conceive of living in. And right in the middle of this slum is a place called New Hope Initiative. It's the New Hope Academy, and it's a mission organization that that Metro's you know kind of partnered with a little bit, and they are doing an incredible work. They have over 400 students, kids uh, from primary grades uh, all the way up to seventh grade, and uh, they are taking these kids, feeding them twice a day. Uh, they're educating them. As a matter of fact, this little school right here is producing some of the very best grades in the entire country, in the entire country. Uh, it's an amazing work what's going on here. Uh, there, there's uh, some micro business stuff that they're working on to help get people to, to have jobs and, and there's some medical stuff that's uh, beginning to, to spring up through this little mission. Uh, it's an incredible work uh, that they're doing. And so our hope is to take you into the slums a little bit over the next couple months. You'll be seeing some video that we've made. Uh, our hope is that we can raise the awareness about what's going on here and, and maybe figure out some ways that Metro could partner with them in the future. Uh, but for today, for this weekend, uh, I want to use Kibera as a backdrop for a, a message about money, about what is first and what is most in our, in our lives, to talk about how we live with the resources that God has given to us. So we're going to go into Kibera and we want you to come along. One of the uh, first things that you notice when entering a place like this is the smell. It is, uh, it, it, it's literally like raw sewage. Uh, it, it smells incredibly bad. Um, you also notice garbage everywhere. Uh, this is sort of the whole third world. We don't quite understand this, but they literally live on a garbage pit. It's incredible. Uh, this river, uh, is actually fresh water that flows from you know somewhere else and it comes through here but by the time it gets here it's so polluted this entire development all of their waste runs into this river and it literally runs through open channels like like right here this is this is waste that that is supposed to be coming from that outhouse into the river and uh it never quite makes it there in the right way and so uh it's really unbelievable so uh, we're going to go into the back of the school here so one of the things that you'll 
notice is that there's all kinds of little bridges like this that are pathways for people to get around on. Uh, so this is like one of the entrances uh, to Cabrera and in the, it's the back of the mission and the mission is sort of carved out right in between homes. And so on either side are, are people's homes. This is where they live. Um, and I was talking, I, I want to tell you one more thing about this, this little river here. Um, Festus, he is the school's headmaster. He was telling me uh, that virtually every single month they find uh, uh, infants, babies uh, in, in the river uh, because a lot of times they've parents feel like they can't feed their child or something and and they'll uh, put them in the river it's it's a tragic thing so um, we're gonna go into the mission and uh, one of the things that you'll also notice is that uh, almost anybody who has something to protect has a guard of some kind and so this guy keeps us safe in here right So this is the entrance uh, way the kids play here on their swings, and it's quite incredible. Now, if you were to walk through the slums, uh, you'll see that there are dogs everywhere. This is really common in the third world, just kind of dogs everywhere. And the dogs here are very undernourished, that's for sure. Um, but it's interesting to think about dogs, right? You dog lovers know this, that dogs clean up your mess. I know you dog lovers, uh, you give your leftovers to the dogs, right? I remember growing up, uh, my mom and dad, we had dogs and my mom would make something we don't like and boom, under the table it went. Mom would look the other direction, we'd slide it under the table and the dog would, you know, clean up the mess. He'd clean up the leftovers. Uh, I remember one time my mom made uh, a, a chicken something and uh, we must not have liked it. We gave the dogs the bones of the chicken, you know, or the chicken with the bones on it, and it got lodged in the dog's throat, and the dog went crazy. Our dog went nuts. It was screaming its head off. It almost killed the stupid dog. Uh, but it's true, right? I mean, you dog lovers, you give your dogs the leftovers. Ironically, God spelled, hold on, that's the kids in the school. It's pretty awesome. Ironically, God spelled backwards is dog. And it's true, friends. We often give God our leftovers. We give God our second best. We give God our leftover time, our leftover energy, our leftover talents, our leftover creativity, our leftover money, our leftover passions. Uh, we literally give God what is left in our life. I mean, uh, you know, you even come home after a long day of work. If you're like me at all, you're tired and you're you're worn out and you might even have the best of intentions of of doing something that would feed your soul, maybe doing some devotions or, or spending some time in prayer, but you're like three minutes into it and you're like, dozing you're like can't hardly keep your eyes awake uh, you you you, you uh, you're drifting you're kind of going like five minutes in you're like I'm done uh, what's on Netflix right because because we're tired and the truth is we just give God our leftovers but friends let me tell you something God doesn't want just our leftovers he, he, he wants more than that and, and so what I'd like to do is I want to talk about what I think the Bible describes as the principle of first about how God deserves to be first and most in our life. We talk about this all the time in the life of our church, about how to how to put God first and most in our life. And, and friends, we have got to figure out how to make God our first priority in our life. Like, for, for example, this is why so many people say that at the beginning of the day, you should spend time with God. Before you go into the world, you should go to God first. Let's say you want to date somebody, right? Well, before you go to somebody, you should 
go to God first. You, you, should, you should say, God, is this the person I, I should be with? Is this person the kind of person that would honor you and that would bring glory to you if I was with this person? Uh, like a lot of us want to do a business, but before we go into business, we should go to God first. We, we, we should say, God, I want to honor you with my business. I want to honor you with my ethics and with my product and the way I treat people. We should, we should go to God First, like we, we talk about uh, even our, our money, you know, and uh, our time and all those sorts of things. You know, before we decide how we want to spend our money, we should go to God first. We should say, God, what do you want me to do with all of the blessings that you have given to me? All of the goodness that you have put into my life. We should go to God first, even with our time. You know, uh, we, we, we should ask God, God, what do you want from me? We should figure out a way. We got to figure out a way how to put God first and most into our lives. So let's talk about what we're going to call the principle of first. The principle of first. And here's the very first big thought that if you are ever going to get to a point in your life, and if I'm ever going to get to the point in my life where God is truly first and most, then we have to trust Him. We've been talking about this in this whole series. That's why we're calling this series Trust. It's because we have to begin with this understanding that we are just going to trust God's Word. We're going to trust His leadership in our life. But the problem is, is once we start to trust God, there will be all of these voices in us and around us that say, you don't want to do that. You don't want to trust God completely. Uh, if you give God this, or if you put God first in this area of life, you're not going to have enough left over for you. You're not going to have the enough money for what you want out of life or what uh, what you're going to want for yourself, right? There, there can be all these voices that say it's too risky to put God first in every single area of your life. But God says, really? I mean, really, you don't trust me. You don't trust that if you put me first, that you'll have something left over for you. Are you kidding me? God says, who gave you breath? Who gave you your talents, your gifts? You think you provided all this for yourself? I mean, you really think that you are the master of it all. And God says, I'm the one who gave you your talents. I'm the one who gave you your creativity, your energy. The very breath that you have comes from me. And so, so what I'd like to get around is are these principles. And the very first principle is we're, we're just going to call it the principle of first. You know, the funny thing is, in America, we talk about the blessing of God. And it's a fair question. Do you want the blessing of God in your life? The problem is, is that we think of blessings as just being rich and having all kinds of money being dumped into your life. Uh, but blessing doesn't need to necessarily mean that. Blessing does not mean you getting what you want. Blessing means you getting what God wants for you to have. And friends, there is a big difference between what you want for you than what God wants for you. Um, you know, we think about the idea of blessing. These folks can be blessed. A lot of these people live in the shadow of God's blessing. They, they really do. We think of blessing differently, but they, they have the joy of God. They have the presence of God in so many ways uh, in, in their life. And so the question is, is, do you want the blessing of God in your life? Because you realize that some of the stuff that we desire is not a blessing at all. 
Some of the stuff that we desire actually keeps us from God's blessing. Some of the stuff that we desire is actually self-destructive. It actually takes us away from the heart of God. God would love for, for us to have what we desire as long as our desires line up with Him. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? That if we desire what God wants us to desire, God wants to bless us with those things. He, he really does. But you know what the issue is? It's that you and I need to move toward God, not God toward you. You and I need to give more of ourselves to Him. We need to put Him first in every area of our life. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added to you. So the, this idea of the, there's a principle of first that begins with seeking after God with all of your life. As a matter of fact, there's another uh, verse in the scripture that says that God has already blessed you. Uh, with all spiritual blessings that God has already placed in you uh, because of your relationship with Christ, the greatest gifts of God. They're already given to you. We need to figure out how to go after those things and put those things uh, first and most in our life. So this idea of the principle of the first, it begins by asking a question. You and I need to ask this question. Very simple question. Will you be more fulfilled? Will you be more content with getting God's blessings God's way or getting your blessings your way. And let me tell you something, there are two completely different answers to that. There are two completely different pathways. The way you answer that will take your life in one direction or another. So we've taken over a second grade classroom here. Uh, the, they have these little uh, table bench things that they use for their desk and uh, originally designed for two kids. They usually put two to four kids, on, or well, probably three or four kids uh, per desk. There are about 415 students in this school right now, uh, which is really incredible. Uh, so let's talk about what we're gonna call the biblical principles of first. And the first thing that we need to understand is that God blesses what is given. God blesses what is given. Now, don't get crazy on me here. This isn't this idea that you hear on television, like with the television preachers that say, oh, if you give me 20, God will give you 40. If you give me 1,000, God will give you 2,000. That is ridiculous. That is unbiblical. It is wrong. It is not what God teaches at all. It is completely arrogant to think that because you give something to God, that God owes you something. How crazy is that kind of thinking? What we're talking about is this idea that, that God works with what is given to him. That God that God takes what we offer to him and he, he blows it up in our life. Uh, my good friend Ken Bussell, he says it like this, God doesn't steer parked cars. God doesn't steer parked cars. He's right, he says, God loves to steer a car that is in motion. Let me tell you something, friends. God loves to steer a life that is in motion. When you move your life toward God, when you when you give more of yourself to Him, when you trust Him more, when you make Him first and you make Him most in your life, God does something in that. He, he does what, what we cannot do apart from Him. It is, it is a better work in our life with Him being first in every area of our life. This is the biblical principle of first, that God uses what is given to Him. In other words, you can keep from God your first. You can say, God, I, I'm gonna do this relationship my way. God, I don't, I'm not gonna partner with you. I'm gonna do it the way I think it needs to be done. And, and you know what God says to that? He says, okay, fine, good luck. 
or, or I'm going to start a business, God, and I'm not going to have you at the center of it, God. I'm going I'm to do business my way. I'm going to do what I have to do in order to make a buck. And God says, fine, fine. You want to do it that way? I'm not going to stop you, but I'm not going to partner with you. I'm not going to work with you on that. Uh, you can say, God, here's my money. It's my money. I, I can do what I want with my money. How dare you demand a portion of my money from me? In other words, you can keep God from being first in your life. You can keep God away from your life. Uh, for, for example, you, you want to start a relationship and you say, well, God, I'm going to do this relationship my way. I don't need to follow your leadership. I can do whatever I want. I can date whoever I want. I can mess around with whoever I want. And, and you can't tell me what to do. And God says, you're right, you're right. I won't demand that of you, but I'm not going to partner with you. Don't come crawling to me later for help. Don't come crawling to me later to put this thing back together. Uh, you, you can say, well, I'm going to start a business and I don't want God in my business. I, I'm going to do business the way I want to do business. I'm going to make money my own way. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get ahead in this life. Well, God says, you can do that, but I'm not going to partner with you. I'm not going to work with you. I'm not going to bless that kind of work. Until God is first and most, and you got your money, right? And you go, well, God can't tell me what to do with my money. How dare he, how, how dare he says he wants what's first and most in my life? How dare he demands this thing called the tithe, you know, this idea of even 10%, that's crazy. That's cra how dare God, you know, God doesn't make you do that. God won't, won't make you do anything with your, with your money. But I'll tell you what, what he's gonna do though, he's just gonna say, fine, do it your way. Do, see how well it goes with you having 100% of you. There's an old saying that says, I can do better with 90 with God having the first 10 than I can do having the whole deal by myself. And friends, I just think that is so true. Or we can go to God and we can do it different. We can say, God, you are first in my life. Um, and I give this to you. Or we can do it another way. We can give to God. We can purpose to give to God first. We can say, God, I want to do this relationship. I want to start dating this girl. But before you go to that girl, you go, God, um, is she the one? You know, God, I, I, I want to I do this relationship in a way that honors you. God, I want to be pure in this relationship. I want to treat her like you want me to treat her. Um, or you can say, God, I want to start a business and, and I want you to be at the middle of that business or I want to be in the work world and I want to I perform as, as uh, unto you. I want to work as if I'm working for you, God, and, and, and I want to honor you with my work. Uh, and God says, I can work with that. God says, I can bless that sort of a man. I can bless that sort of a woman. Or we can say, God, here's the money you've given to me in this world. Um, and, and there's all kinds of things I can do with that money, but I want to honor you by giving you a portion of it. And God says, I can work with that. I can bless that. So God blesses what is given. Jesus says it this way in the book of Luke, give and it will be given to you. You have to put it before God and then God's going to do something. Why is this? Because the, the reason we give is because it, it reflects the very nature of God. God is a giver. Uh, it, it says that for God so loved the world that he what? Both campuses say it. He gave. He gave. God is a giver. Uh, and I think we know this intrinsically. When our kids are little and they got two, three, four brothers and sisters running around, you got friends in the neighborhood, we teach our kids to share. We say share because it's the right thing to do. Share, be generous because it's a godly thing to do, right? But you and I, as we get older, uh, we don't live out what we preach and we don't live out and reflect God's character 
uh, too very often. We often live close-handedly rather than open-handedly. But he says it like this. He says, give and it will be given to you. And here's why. Here's why. He says, a good measure, listen, a good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over and will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, you might read that and go, I don't get it. He says, give and it'll be given to you. And then he says, you know, this measure and this press down, what does all that mean? This is an amazing thing that Jesus is doing. He is he is talking about what's going on right in their culture. Uh, I've been, I've been in, uh, we're in Kenya right now, and uh, we've been in Tanzania, um, and we've been seeing all of these markets everywhere. I mean, people just by the thousands crowd into these little markets and all of these little vendors selling their goods, right? And uh, you'll see that they have these big hoppers full of wheat or full of corn or oats or something like that. And they'll have this scoop, this big bucket that they scoop. And uh, what they'll do is they will, well, they'll take a measure and then listen they will shake it up and they'll press it down in order to show the buyer that they're getting a good deal do you see what's going on here because they're trying to get rid of all the air pockets and in other words if you just scoop it up and hand it to the person there's a bunch of airspace in there and they're going no 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 I want a good deal I want you to pack it in like when I go to Mongolian barbecue I have learned there's a secret to going to Mongolian barbecue you you put all the the vegetables in first and then you put the meat on top because the meat doesn't fall off. You do it the other way around, all the vegetables fall off. Me, I'm like shoving that sucker down. I'm filling that thing up. I want a good deal. And so the scripture says, listen to this, the scripture says, a good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over. In other words, uh, if we figure out how to put God first in our life, if we figure out how to give to him, if we give to him, listen, he says, I'm going to give you a good deal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a measure and I'm going to pack it in and I'm going to shake it up and I'm going to even dip some more and I'm going to have it overflowing on the top, right? I'm gonna, it's going to be so full, it's going to be coming over the sides, right? And then he says this, he's going to, and he says, pour it into your belly because what you see here in the marketplace is it's pretty cool. Um, they don't often have buckets or bowls or whatever, so you often see somebody wanting to buy a portion of food and, and they'll take their shawl or their, or their garment and they will lift it up like this and the, and the seller, the vendor, will pour it into their to their belly, right? And so it's this idea that, that God's going to fill you up when you give to him, that he's gonna work with you. Does anybody want a good deal? Come on, everybody wants a good deal. I am like a deal crazy person, right? I'm a clearance shopper. Um, everybody wants to be treated well. And God says that there's a formula for being treated well, uh, to getting a good deal. Uh, and it starts with giving, right? So like one of the, like if I had a bottle of Coke here and if I was to shake that bottle of Coke, it's funny, like one of the things that I've learned after going to Nicaragua and Tanzania and, and now in Kenya, um, that Coke is everywhere. Everybody knows Coke, everybody, you know? They don't have Diet Mountain Dew here, it's a real shame. Uh, but, but they have Coke. And if you were to take that Coke and shake it up. Jeremy, it's too loud right there. Okay, one of the, one of the cool things is that uh, we're right here and the kids are working around us and uh, it gets a little bit loud. They love to sing. The kids sing all the time. It's crazy. Um, so tell me when we're good, Eric. Uh, they're good. Okay. So, you know, this idea that um, you have a Coke and you shake it up, it's going to explode everywhere. Well, let me tell you something, friends. If you want the blessing of God, this is how he wants it to be in your life. He wants to explode his blessings into your life. He really does. But there's a requirement. You have to give God 
first. You gotta give to him first. You, you gotta give him something to work with. Your life has to move toward him. Your heart has to move toward him. Your, 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 your finances, your, your business, your relationships, your parenting, your marriage, all of it has to be given toward him, has to move toward him. And so let's talk about the second principle at work. The Bible teaches us that there is a second biblical principle at work. The first is this idea that we, we have to give it to God. But, but the second is that God blesses the first fruits. Turn to your neighbor and say, first fruits. Yeah, first fruits. I mean, it sounds kind of a weird thing to say, but, but God is not your dog. God doesn't want leftovers. God wants your first. He wants your best. He, he, he doesn't want to just hope that you somehow care about him. He doesn't want to just hope that you care about his causes in the world. He, he doesn't want to just hope that you throw a few dollars in the bucket that comes by in the offering, you know? He, he, he wants us to put him first in our life. Uh, he wants us to, to have him as the most in our life. There's this amazing little passage in the, in the book of Proverbs, and this was written in ancient days, right? Where it wasn't the lap of luxury that, that we live in uh, today. So probably a little bit more comparable to a world like this than a world like ours, right? Where affluence is everywhere in our culture. But when, when King Solomon wrote these words teaching us the wisdom of God, he was writing to a culture that was very, uh, very much just trying to survive. And this is what he says. Listen to this. It's found in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 9. It says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all of your crops. Uh, when you would harvest, you would have the first, you know, uh, gathering. You know, uh, the best of the best is the first. And God's saying, I want the best. I want the first. I want what comes first in your life. Uh, they would give it to God. And, and then God would say to them, listen, uh, then, he says, then your barns will, will I fill to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. There seems to be this cause and effect relationship when we give to God and when we give to him first, he says, not only can I work with that, but I'm going to do some incredible things through that. I was reading this article recently about the most expensive house in the world. Uh, it was $250 million. It was somewhere out in California, LA area. And uh, incredible. It came, uh, or it comes with, a collection of cars that's valued at $30 million. It comes with a helicopter, because you gotta have a helicopter. And uh, it comes, uh, it has this pool that has a 20-foot LED screen that comes out of the pool edge with a complete amazing sound system so that of course you and your 32 friends swimming can watch the latest in theatrical production, right? Uh, it's an incredible house. Uh, but what's amazing with that is that just because you have that house doesn't mean you're blessed. Not at all. And it doesn't mean that somehow you're doing it right just because you have that house. You might be earning good money. Uh, God says to honor, to honor him with your wealth, to honor him with that. You know, I was thinking about that house uh, when we were walking through the slums the other day. Um, I, I was thinking that these people have nothing. Uh, they literally walk in their sewage. It, 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 you can see, I mean, it's, there's just garbage everywhere. They, they have virtually nothing to speak of, but, but they have been so incredible, so hospitable to us, so kind uh, to us. They, they've opened their homes to us. They, they've honored God with the wealth that they have. I was uh, 
in Tanzania uh, last week, last Sunday, our team uh, got to minister at a church there. And uh, it was an African church and it blew me away. The, the service was amazing. Uh, to listen to them worship was incredible. Uh, Zachary got to play in the band and I was watching all these uh, people worship God and knowing that most of them come from, you know, utter poverty. Uh, they were just so full of joy in their worship. It was incredible. And they could sing like you wouldn't believe. Uh, but, I, but I was blown away at the end of the service when it was all done, the preaching was all done, everything was all done. Uh, they did this kind of closing song. And during the closing song, um, they gave their offering to God. And they had these little boxes up near the stage. And uh, the pastor at some point says, if you would like to give to God, if you would like to show God your, your love for him and give him your tithes and your offerings back to him, uh, come and do so now. And I was looking around and I could hardly fight back the tears because um, people who have almost nothing to give were enthusiastic about giving. They were so full of joy to give to God, not only to give to him, but to give their first and their best to him. They, they come up with such pride, you know, in a good sort of a way to say, God, this belongs to you. It's yours and I give it first to you. Friends, if we could somehow uh, learn to put God first like that in every area of our life, the blessing of God would flow like we could, like we would never even dream. I promise you, it would flow into our lives. I can tell you that the emotion I felt was almost embarrassment for me and my family and for the American church because we do not give out of our first. We, we don't, not many of us do. You, you might, but not too many of us do. Um, Friends, whether you have a mansion or a house in the suburbs of America, or if you have a, a tin box you're living in, in the slums of Kibera, we are to honor God with our first fruits. We are to honor God with the wealth that he has given to us. And he promises to meet us in that. I don't know what that would look like for you, but he promises to meet us. Remember, listen to how Moses taught some of the early followers of God. This is what he says. He says, uh, this in the book of Exodus chapter 22, he says, do not hold back offerings from your granaries or your vats. He says, don't hold them back. You must give to me the firstborn of your sons and do the same with the firstborn of your cattle and your sheep. Let them stay with their mothers for seven days, but then give them to me on the eighth day. In, in other words, if there is something that you want to give to God, Make sure it's thoughtful, make sure it's first, make sure it's not a leftover, make sure it's something on purpose in your life. We ought to be thinking about what we want to give to God. Uh, friends, we have to figure out how to not only give to God, but to give to God first in our life because uh, it, it, it's, it flows in every area of our life. In marriage, if you want a marriage that honors God, then give it to Him first. Uh, if you want a relationship that honors God, a friendship that honors God, then give it to Him first. If you want a business that honors God, if you want your money to honor God, then give it to Him first. Don't give Him the leftovers. Don't expect Him to come and pick up the pieces later. Put it before Him first in every single area of life. Can I tell you something that I have learned? I think this is so important. When we put God first, we put God in a position to bless the rest of our efforts. Does that make sense? When we put God first, we put him in a position to come before us in all of our life, in every area of our life. We, we put ourselves in a position to have God work with us in such a big way. So when we put our marriage before God, 
then, then he's able to work with it from the very beginning and he magnifies it. This is why so many Christians uh, start their day off with prayer. When they get out of bed, the first thing that they do or among the first things they do is they maybe grab their Bible and they read a verse or two or figure out how to get God's word into them and they pray and they seek God. This is why, so that it, it's, so that it blesses the rest of the day. This is why churches like ours, Christian churches, uh, from the very, very beginning, we've met on the first day of the week so that God would bless the rest. Um, for people like me and Lynette, we, we tithe, we, we give our money to church and we sit down in advance and we say, God, you're going to get this first because we want you to bless the rest. Uh, we want you to be over the rest. We want you to be Lord of, of it all. And so friends, when we put ourselves in that position, that is a win-win for everybody. It really is. It changes our hearts. Um, it puts our heart out front of where we want our lives to go. You know, Jesus said this about money. He says, where your treasure is, he says, there your heart will go. Where, where your treasure is, that's where everything in you leans, right? Um, and the truth is, if our money is, 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 is consuming our heart, if our heart is running after all of the possessions of this world, it squeezes out God. But when we make sure that our heart puts God first, then money is not, is not the Lord of us anymore. It's not, it's not controlling us anymore. Uh, when, we, when we make sure God has our hearts, um, then he has all of us. And that's where we need to start. Well, there's a third principle uh, of this idea, principle of first. There's a third thing that we need to work on. And here it is. So we talked about this idea that God blesses what is given. And then we said, but it takes more than that. He, he blesses what is given first, what is first in our life. Uh, by the way, this is the main courtyard of the uh, New Hope Initiative uh, School Academy. And this is kind of where the kids all gather for lunch and they play. Do you guys play soccer here too? You guys yes. play soccer? Yeah. And uh, so they play uh, here. This is, a, this is just an incredible thing. They get their little food you know, court over there where they eat and all that. So uh, just such great things going on. But here's the third thing that we need to walk away with today. This is so important, so important. When we give, we tell God that we trust him. When we say, God, here is what I have, and we put it in your hands, we say to God that we trust you. I want you to think about this. In Exodus 22, when, when Moses commands the people, speaking for God, God says, give to me your first goat, your first cow. Can you imagine being a farmer, a rancher, and you have nothing, and God says, give to me your firstborn? Uh, you're going, God, you're crazy. God, you're nuts for that. Because if I give this to you, listen, what am I going to have? What am I going to have to reproduce? What am I going to have? And God says, if you trust me, I will take care of this. By giving to God and by, by giving to him of your first fruits, you're saying to God that you believe there is more to come. That you believe that, that God has this never-ending supply. That, that God is always going to care for you and always look after your needs. You're saying that you believe that God is the supplier of everything. Uh, one of the restaurants my family likes to go to, uh, we don't have any around here, but when we're on vacation, we like to hit up Chick-fil-A. Uh, and I remember like one of the very first times we went to Chick-fil-A, uh, we roll up and uh, we were so excited because we heard all about their food and their service and, and uh, all the cool stuff about the company. Uh, and we roll up and they're not open. And it was a Sunday and I'm like, what kind of company doesn't open on Sunday? That's crazy. Well, I, I learned later that Chick-fil-A um, believes in giving God their first and giving God their best. And so they close on the first day of the week. 
Uh, it's their way of saying, God, we know that we can trust you to take care of our business the other six days. We give the first day to you, and we, we're going to trust you in the other six. And, and guess what? I, I looked at some financials. Um, Chick-fil-A is booming. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been there. They are good, but they are booming as a business. They are like, number one or number two in uh, income per square foot in the whole United States for fast food restaurant and uh, what they call convenience food uh, industry. That, that's incredible. Uh, and they're showing the world that by putting God first, God will take care of you, that you trust God for the rest. While Chick-fil-A has just a fraction of the number of restaurants McDonald's does, they make a half million dollars more on average per store. They sell more chicken than Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, there's this uh, passage uh, in the book of Romans, chapter 11, verse uh, 16. Check this out. It, it says this. If part of the dough is offered as first fruits is holy, if the first fruits are holy before God, listen to this, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. If the first fruit is holy, then the whole lump is holy. Do you, do you see what it's saying? It's saying when you put God first, the idea of something being holy means it's set aside, that it's, it's for God. And when you set aside the first parts of your life, your whole life is holy. Your whole life flows into the very heartbeat of God. Uh, friends, there's a big principle here. It's called the principle of first. And let me tell you something. When we get this down, there's a shift in our heart. It's not giving to get a blessing. It's giving to be a blessing. When we realize just how much God has blessed us, we want to we want to give that to the world. We want to help the world around us. And, and so uh, I got to want to wrap it up by telling you a story. We were at that church in Tanzania. And um, I told you that, you know, they do the whole deal and I get up there to preach and they close with a song and the people come and give uh, their gifts to God. It was so cool, so powerful. And then they uh, had some closing remarks and I didn't understand any of it. And then all of a sudden they say, Pastor Jeremy, uh, come up front. And they call me back up front. And I'm like, what did I do? I have no idea. I'm not ready for anything. I'm unprepared. I, I don't, I'm, I've already talked, you know. And uh, they, call, they call me up front and they bring up one of their elders up front. And uh, the elder thanks me for bringing the word of God to me. And uh, he, he, he prays over me and my family and, and our church. They prayed for our church. They said they just thought it was so important to pray for our church. And, and, and they prayed for our church. And then they gave me this little envelope. And I'm thinking already, like I'm in front of all these people. And I'm thinking, what in the world? Why are they giving me this? You know, these people don't have something to give me. I'm an American, I don't need this. But they give me this envelope and they say, take your family to McDonald's. <laughs> uh, Coins by some kind of dead person. They were going to use them. You told me this morning about the biggest restaurant in the place. I don't know. Can you buy me? Things like that. So you can go to McDonald's and get hamburger, drinks, something like that. And you can get us here in the hotel. I want to pray for you so that God can keep on using you as a tool on his hand. They, you know, they heard about McDonald's and uh, we were talking to them a little bit about McDonald's and how crazy McDonald's uh, is. And, um, and they just said they wanted my family to be blessed. And so they give me $30. That's like, that's like a week's wage for most of these people. And um, I was so moved. Th these people understood that God was their never ending supply. 
that even when they live generously, even when they live open-handedly, even when they give, when they don't even have, they trusted God that God would give even more, that God would meet all of their need. Um, so a little side story, uh, just so you don't think that we took the money. Uh, we bought a bunch of candy and we brought it back to the school and, and the kids loved it. Um, but I learned a lesson that day, that we give to God and we can never outgive God, that God will always meet our need when we put him first and when we put him most.